0: You're listening to the Apple Insider Podcast.
1: Welcome to this, the 71st episode of the Apple Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Victor Marks, and joining me today is Jason Johnson, who is the CEO of August. Now, August makes a a doorbell camera, a smart keypad, and a smart lock, and the smart lock uh, is now HomeKit compatible. So, Jason, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and
2: about August? Well, Victor, thanks for having me on. So, uh, yeah, so... uh, I'm uh, the CEO and co-founder uh, of August Home, um, august.com is, is our address, and my co-founder is Eve Bahar, uh, a well-known product designer, and uh, he and I started the company about three years ago with a, uh, with a goal to change the way people access the home, um, people uh, as well as goods and services, and we can talk about that a little later. But um, uh, we have f- four products now on the market and, uh, and are, are really having a great time. Uh, changing the way that we get into our homes. Cool.
1: Now, t-
2: tell me—I mean, this this sort of fits under the heading of Internet of Things,
1: and we used to call it connected home, and before that, we called it home automation. So, 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 just tell our listeners a little bit about this space and and what's going on in this space that they should know about it.
2: Yeah. So, the Internet of Things is is a, is a term. In fact, a friend of mine came up with it a number of years ago, um, and he was really re- referring to the idea of adding intelligence and and connectivity. To uh, everyday objects, and at the time, they were really focused on uh, adding sensors, um, tags to consumer packaged goods, being able to track uh, packages as they move through uh, logistics. Um, but we borrowed it in 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 the uh, in, in particularly in the consumer world and consumer electronics. We have this wave of Internet of Things devices that that several of us are, are making uh, for consumers to use, uh, you know, particularly in the home. And the uh, the idea being that um, things that traditionally were not um, very intelligent or sophisticated, such as a, a door lock, which really hasn't changed for a couple hundred years, um, you know, we add we add radios, we add intelligence, uh, computing power to the to that device, as well as the doorbell, and of course we hear about other devices like thermostats and lights, and you know, really all the systems in the home uh, are are becoming more and more intelligent. So where where does August fit into that world? Well. You know, we chose to, to focus on a very particular part of the home, um, uh, really the, 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 the entryways into the home. And uh, why we chose to focus on that was, was both my co-founder and I had had, had challenges of giving access to, uh, to people in the past. We, we talked about how we both had house cleaners that we had given a, a key to, um, you know, a traditional metal key. Um, but later when, uh, in the case of mine, my housekeeper moved, moved far, moved away, I never got that key back. And so I had to make a decision, do I do I, you know, do I just say, "Hey, I'm sure that key is is in a safe place and I don't have to worry about my home ever being accessed without my knowing?" Or do I change the lock or have a locksmith come and rekey the lock? And we thought that's really that's really a, a you know, not the the ideal way to manage access to the home. And so we sought out to build products that could really solve that that problem.
1: So that leads me to my next question, which is is who is your ideal consumer? Who's this for?
2: Well, we've, uh, you know, we've definitely found that um, those people who are, who are largely responsible for um, the day-to-day activities around the house, um, call them the homemaker, um, uh, the person who's really responsible for um, coordinating with house cleaners or dog walkers, or let's say you have relatives or friends coming for the weekend and you need to give them a key uh, it's that person that, that often has to, you know, juggle um, making sure that there's a key under a mat or or behind a flower pot or or going and making copies of keys at you know at Home Depot. Um, that person that we've we've really we've really helped them to uh, to really manage access to the home more easily. And we've had some some great successes now with also some some service providers that are also partnering with us. Um, from Airbnb, which which does uh, vacation rentals, to uh, Sears Home Services, which um, you can you can use what we call August Access um, to give Sears uh, the ability to come to your home and repair appliances or install appliances without you having to be there, without you having to wait, you know, in that four hour window for that person to arrive. Cool. You know,
1: I uh, I feel like some of those examples aren't necessarily things you do every day that uh, that there's specific problems you know it's um, for the most part we aren't renting our house out to Airbnb guests or we aren't having cleaners come all the time but uh, I, I can definitely see where you're worried about that access and either having to give up your whole day to wait around or you know do you worry about that key that's out there somewhere? I, I can see how that solves the problem
2: mm.
1: So what did you have on your door before you had? In August, because I presume you have your own
2: product on your door. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, um, so I had a I had a very normal um, deadbolt lock. You know, it's, it's technically called a single or deadbolt. Uh, in fact, it was, a, it was a very inexpensive one that I bought on on Costco. for thirty dollars, like like eight years ago. And um, um, the uh, you know the, uh, the the neat thing about it is that, is that lock is actually still on my door. Um, because the August Smart Lock actually attaches to your existing lock. Um, the best way to think of August, it's like a, it's like a large hockey puck, um, maybe two hockey pucks stacked together. Um, uh, if you will, a robot that you attach on the inside of your door to your existing lock. And then, and then using, using your, your smartphone, you can control that robot to lock and unlock the door for you, uh, either when you're in front of the door, or if you are, you know, if you are remote and you have the remote access capability, um, you can do that remotely. And um, and so the, the the old lock that I that I, I put on there actually eight years ago is still on there and it works just fine. So it sounds like you
1: didn't end up rekeying the lock or, uh, or worrying too much about that key that's out there in the world.
2: No, no, I uh, I I I've been pretty safe about uh, about um, giving out keys to uh, to my to the current lock on the door. So. For for my own use, what we've
1: had here at my house is uh, about 15 years ago, 16 years ago, we bought a a keypad lock. And it was maybe $80, but it was a, a dumb keypad lock. It didn't have any radio connectivity. It didn't have anything else with a key fob. It just had push buttons that would open the deadbolt. Mm-hmm. And it also had a single-cylinder key for at the front of it. And we used that for a long time. And I, I decided that while it was cool... I, I And I liked the idea of not carrying keys around and just using the combination. I, I wanted to be able to use the phone and tell whether or not I'd locked things or not, because it didn't automatically lock. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we started exploring in my house things like August and, and some of your competitors. And um, my my problem, and well, the, the curse of living with me, is that I'll change these things and then leave for a trip and leave my wife, my long-suffering wife, to experience, to figure out how to use the thing in my absence. And so I have text messages from her saying, it would sure be nice if I could figure out how to get into my own home.
2: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's, it's important when you develop these technologies for the home that um, you think about that situation. In fact, one of, one of, our, one of our advisors, um, uh, Nicholas Negroponte, the founder of MIT Media Lab, one of the early pieces of advice he gave Eve and me was, um, whatever you, whatever systems, whatever devices you make, you have to make sure that it doesn't take away from the existing experience. In other words, your lock should work just like it did before, right? Regardless of whether the August smart lock is working, whether whether the internet is working, right? Whether there's power to the house, right? It should still work just like a normal lock. Same thing with our doorbell camera. It, it, even if the Wi-Fi is down, even if if, uh, uh, if, if our software, you know, uh, fails, you wouldn't press that doorbell button, your doorbell chimes inside the house should still ring and always ring 100% of the time. And, and that's the, that's, that is critical, especially when you, when you have people that you live with, um, you don't want to make them necessarily change their, their behavior, at least not right away. So as, as, as mentioned a moment ago, you can still use a key. Um, and, uh, uh, in fact, I probably should admit this, but my wife actually does does carry a key <laughs> um, on her key. She she drives, so she has a car, and and uh, and uh, so she has uh, she has that key that she could use if she ever had to as a backup. Me, I don't have a car, I don't drive, um, so I don't. All I carry is my is my is my iPhone, and uh, <laughs> I like that freedom. Yeah,
1: I, I carry one key on my key ring, and that is the key for the car. Hmm. And uh, when when this happened, when my wife texted me this with the the angry emoji. Um, I was able to use August Lock and August Connect to be able to unlock the door remotely for her. Oh, great. So that was actually a success, and thank you for that. (laughs) That's good Good to hear. Um, Of course, there was the time where I'd I'd installed the the new version of iOS and uh, had to reset my app and reset my app password and wasn't able to get into the August Lock. I had to reinstall the app in the driveway and then re-get into the, you know, re-sign into the app to be able to unlock the door.
2: So, I was yes. kind of delayed about 10 minutes getting into my house from the airport. Yeah. And that, you know, with, with, we, we use two factor authentication, as, as, as you know full well, you know, it can take a few minutes to, uh, to do that process, right? To, to sign in. And, uh, you know, ho- hopefully you don't do that very often. Um, I think I haven't done it for the past year, had to re sign into the app. But, uh, but yeah, we, we err on the side of, of, of high security and, and, you know, a little bit of inconvenience there. um, um so sorry about you uh, being delayed well, there. Well, it's, it's a balancing act, right? Indeed, it is. When it comes to you know your home, um, you know, and I'm I'm a family man, and you know, keeping my family safe is 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 uh, you know, if not my highest priority, one of my highest priorities. And and uh, I wouldn't put a product like this on my home if I didn't trust that that uh, that the company that made it went to extreme lengths to make sure it was very secure. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm I'm hoping that when I install the keypad, that will speed up my entry, even if I don't have the app going, and.
2: Uh, <laughs> Yes, that is a nice, a nice little Bluetooth accessory to the lock. I uh, uh, I don't like to run with my phone. I like to just, you know, just run free without anything in my hands, and uh, it's nice to come back from a run and type in my my personal code into the keypad and have it unlock the door. And let me
1: let me ask: Is there a length limit on the number of digits for that code?
2: Uh, yeah, it's 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 you can do between four and six digits, and uh, and and the great thing is is you you know you you can create a unique. Uh, pin for each person, and in fact, in the activity logs of the app, you can see exactly when those individual people you gave that code to, um, when they when they when they entered uh, the house. Um, so, uh, yeah, you can you can create your own pin, or there's also a little auto-generated feature in the app that does it for you if you prefer.
1: Cool. Now, the the new version of the lock is HomeKit compatible. Indeed. Yes, it is. So if I have the app installed but haven't signed into it, is it possible for me to use HomeKit to open the door with
2: Siri? Um, if you, let's see, if you have the app on your, on your iOS device and you're not signed into the app, can you use Siri? I know uh, it's a difficult question. It's, uh, uh, it's a weird one. <laughs> um, I think you can, actually, yes. Um, um, once, you, once you set up the HomeKit feature on the August Smart Lock and you associate it with your, with your Apple ID... Um, then um, then Siri can control the lock, and in fact, other applications can as well. Um, I have a, I have a couple of, of HomeKit compatible apps on my phone that um, can discover the smart lock and, and control it. What are your favorite aggregator apps? You know, I, uh, um, I, I, I yeah, I, I have to go right to Ift. Right, Ift is my is my favorite. You know, I, I do lots of Ift recipes, and I control a lot of things from Ift, and I think it's cool that they made that little. A little do app that, uh, that makes things really fast and easy. So, um, you know, I, I use that. Um, uh, I have I have Insteon throughout my house, which. Um, some of your listeners might not be familiar with it's. It's like an alternative to Zigbee and Z-Wave. Uh, so and you have the Hub Pro set up for HomeKit. I do. Yeah, indeed I do. And um, you know I installed these Insteon light switches uh, about eight years ago. And um, um, and uh, the great thing was is that eight years ago these things these things are fairly old at eight years. But the day that I set up that 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 Hub Pro, uh, I suddenly had the ability to control all my lights throughout my house using Siri, uh, and that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and I noticed in the Insteon app that their symbol for a door lock is the August lock.
2: <laughs> Indeed it is. Yeah. You have I have to know. feel good about that one. <laughs> it, was, it was fun to discover that when I was setting up my my hub.
1: <laughs> that wasn't some prearranged partnership. That was just something they did.
2: <laughs> no, that was just something they did. It was a nice little nice little surprise.
1: Very cool. So, um what what other devices do you have in your network besides the the Insteon switches for the lamps?
2: Um so I for instance and mainly I I it's all lighting. Um um, and then, and then I have, I, I'm sure like yourself, I have a lot of technology in my house. I have a lot of devices and systems that are intelligent and, and I use, I use, um, I use uh, Alexa with, with my, I have, I have several echoes in my house and I, I control a lot of those with, with echo as well. Hmm. Whoop. I can't find the in fact, did you hear that? Question. It just, <laughs> 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 it just triggered uh, Alexa uh, when I, when I <laughs> when <nice>. said that. <laughs> That's
1: pretty funny. So you you have the Instion lights. Do you have um, do you have any of the ceiling fans or thermostats?
2: Um, I have a Nest thermostat, which um, which uh, was really delightful the day that I was able to control that using Alexa, um, because you know it's not always convenient to go to that hallway where that where the thermostat is to control it, and uh, it's it's nice to be able to to change the temperature with your voice.
1: So what is what are some of the IFTTT recipes, the IFT recipes that people should use with the smart lock?
2: Well, the, um, you know, the main thing that, 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 that we, we we just announced um, um, yesterday, the IFT integration, and the main thing that we sought to do was uh, to enable you to um, have August be a trigger for, for for other events, activities in the home. Um, that is when you say you come home and you unlock the door um, using August, um, you can have say your lights turn on. So I, I have, I mentioned my Insta on lights, I also have Philips Hue lights. Um, and other lights that work on IFT can be turned on uh, automatically as you unlock the door. You could also turn up the temperature. Um, you can um, you can really trigger any any systems in the house. Um, uh, another one I do is I have it log um, on uh, on uh, on a it's kind of funny on a on a Google document. It logs all of the activity. Um, just a, a fun way to capture all that information.
1: Yeah, I have automatic, which is the uh, the OBD2 reader, um, mm. send all of my driving logs to a spreadsheet.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a fun way to capture all that, and uh, so um, uh, so entering the home um, and triggering things, and but also as you leave the home and you lock the door, you can have it automatically turn off your lights, turn down the thermostat. Um, one of my favorites um, uh, is the the GE oven. Um, so we don't have a GE oven, but I'm I'm thinking about buying one because if you leave in the house, you lock the door, you can have ift uh, turn off your GE oven in case you left it on, which we have done multiple times in, at our house. <laughs> so um, it would be it'd be nice to have that. But look,
1: one of the problems that I have with these kinds of recipes, and and one of the things that concerns me about them is that you know you and I we don't live alone, right? We have families. So when I leave the house and it turns off the lights. Have I just turned or sets the temperature down? Have I just turned off the lights and thermostat on the people that are still in the house?
2: It's a great question. In fact, um, it's one that um, we spent time thinking about um, as we, you know, people have been asking for us to do an IFT, uh, uh, an IFT integration for quite some time. And, and we thought through it for quite a while before we did it. And one of the things we wanted to solve was, was this. And, and uh, the way that we've approached it is um, when you create your IFT recipe using August, um, you can actually um, select the individual person um, and, and whether or not they are able to um, have that specific event be tied to that person, right? So, um, for example, in my household, um, my wife and I have a certain you know, pattern in which I'm generally the last one to leave the house, right? So. I know that I can have all the systems in the house shut off when I lock the door when I leave. Um, And, you know, it's not going to turn off the lights on her or turn down the temperature on her. I know she's always generally gone. Um, But if it was the opposite, if, if every time she locked the door um, that I might be, you know, I might be in the shower and all of a sudden the lights went off <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that would not be good. Um, so it's, uh, it's nice to have that ability to choose on an individual level, um, when those triggers occur.
1: So you have to think through a little bit what, uh, what the recipes are and who they're for and, and using those, those personal IDs that you've set up.
2: Yeah. And, and I think when you use if you, you should, you should always think through these things and that's, you know, that's, it's the beauty of Ift is you can you can do it's very powerful, right? You can do a lot of really fancy recipes, um, but yeah, you want to think through, you know, how is this going to work in, in daily life, and uh, make sure that it's it's adding to your life and it's making your life more convenient and comfortable, and and not not adding stress, not adding you know more something you have to maintain.
1: Yeah, my my personal wish, and they'll never do it, but my personal wish is that Ift would. Uh... Would add one more conditional to the recipes. You know, currently it's the if this then that kind mm-hmm. of thing, and it's very hardcore. One conditional, one result. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, we, we had the uh, the WeMo sensors that had the uh, the motion detection. Yes. And so if I could do the conditional, if I've locked the door and there's still motion in the house, don't turn on the lights. You know, don't don't change everything. Right. Right. Yeah. Just be that much more aware of stuff.
2: Yeah and and this is this is some of the things that um I think uh, you know Nest is 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 seeking to do with with their works with Nest program right they're they're seeking to leverage um lots of sensors in the home that can detect motion right cuz cuz they have that capability with their with their thermostat and with their smoke detectors and, and 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 I'm with you I think having the ability to to have more intelligence in the in the process um so you can you can hopefully reduce you know False positives or, or false negatives.
1: So you, August works with HomeKit, works with Nest, works with Alexa, works with IFT. What's what's your view of all of these competing
2: things? Well, I, you know, I think that they're you know they're all great. They're all great systems, and we're 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 honored to be working with um, with uh, some of the companies you you mentioned. And um, uh, it's you know it's made our product you know more more feature rich. Um, uh, people who have those systems in their homes. Uh, we also hope that, you know, that we also make their platforms more, more interesting, more valuable. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's great that we are seeing a, you know, a movement towards people being able to buy the best, what we call point solutions and not being forced to buy all of the, all of the things on a platform, right? Um, you know, once upon a time, you know, you had to buy a home system that came from one vendor and right. there was only one option for a thermostat and one option for a, a music controller, et cetera, or light controller. And you now, know, you used great. to have to go all in on Insteon or all in on Control Four or one of those things. And indeed, indeed, and it's great that we can now pick pick and choose the best best of breed, and uh, and they talk to each other, and and and, uh, and we have systems like IFT and works with Nest and, and HomeKit that help us do that. Is there one that you you find that you favor when you're using things personally? You know, I, I use all of them actually, um, uh, and you know, each has their own benefits. You know, I have. Um, uh, I have different devices in different rooms of the house, and so it, you know, it, each has its own unique you know purpose. Um, but I, I, I got to say, I'm really enjoying voice control. I'm really enjoying the ability um, to be able to, to use my voice and, uh, and control the systems in my house. Um, it's uh, it's just it's fun being able to choose on a given day which which name am I gonna am I gonna say which trigger word am I gonna say <laughs> to, to control something.
1: So th- th- this is one of the Questions that I end up answering a lot and I end up talking about a lot is, is how does a person start? What's the first thing that someone should get and how should they grow from there if they're interested in this?
2: Well, you know, I think that it's, it's, it's good to, to look at what is, what are, what are those things that are really going to change like your daily life and make your, make your life easier? We're all, we're all really busy. We all have a lot of demands on our time, on our, on our, on our, on our our minds. Right. And, you know, having to maintain one more thing for the home, you know, um, Frankly, I don't think any of us need you know need more more burden there. So I think we should choose carefully those 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 devices which are, are definitely going to make us um you know feel more safe, more more comfortable. Um um perhaps save you know save money. I think I think I think a smart thermostat is a great way to, to save on heating and cooling bills. Um obviously I think that a I think that a smart lock um is a, is, is is much safer than giving out metal keys, which we talked about earlier it can be. Uh, could also be just lost, right? You can always just, you know, misplace one, or, or if you, if you, uh, um, uh, you know, if you have, if you have an issue of, 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 of one in your car, some your car gets broken into, then you got to worry about whether somebody got a hold of that key. Um, so those, you know, those, those systems in the house that make you more uh, feel more safe, more comfortable, and perhaps save you money. Very cool.
1: And and so of the three August products that I'm holding here in my hands, the keypad, the lock, and the camera. What do you think should be a person's first entry into
2: August? Well, um, so our, our two flagship products, the, the lock and the, and the doorbell camera, um, were both designed to be installed in about about ten minutes um, by by really anyone. And um, uh, with the lock, we have about a ninety eight percent self installation rate, which we think is one of the highest uh, you know self installation rates for a for a technology like this for the home. Um, so it's really easy, um, and I really can't. I can't overstate um, how easy it is. So, um, I highly recommend that the lock, um, uh, doorbell camera, of course is great. Um, uh, whether you have the lock or not, it's a, it's great to be able to see and speak to your visitors at your door. Um, but if you have both, um, as, uh, as I hope you'll soon uh, enjoy when you set up yours, you know, you can, you can see and speak to that person and you can let them in your house. And, uh, in fact, I do that. I, I will, I will let UPS or FedEx, uh, uh, I'll see them at my door. I'll be at my office or I'll be traveling. And I'll say, hey, I'm going to unlock the door for you. Just go ahead and put that package inside the door and close it. And uh, I watch him drop the package. He's, he closes the door. He waves to me, and I, I lock the door. And uh, it's, a, it's a great to not have to get that little sticky note on the door when I get back from 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 travels about that package. I have to go stand in line at the uh, at UPS or FedEx and, and, and pick up. Do you have
1: internal cameras inside your house as well?
2: I do. I do. I have, I have a Nest Cam, um, and, uh, um, and it's also pointed at my front door. And, uh, and, and part of our partnership with Nest was we were one of the first that they gave us access to their API in the Nest Cam, so that if you have a Nest Cam and you, and you connect it to August, um, when your door is unlocked, it, it, it begins recording immediately. Um, and it will um, it will give us a little 10-second uh video of that which goes right into your august log feed so you can see all the activity the door unlocking and you see you see the august doorbell cam video you see the nest cam video and you get that nice full picture of what's happening around your door
1: so when when you allow the ups fella to drop the package you can see that he just dropped the package and didn't do anything else that's right i can see okay. that mm-hmm. very cool so where can people purchase these products
2: so we're we're in many, many retail stores, um, 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 all the Best Buy stores. Um, um, uh, I believe this week um, it's being rolled out in Target stores across the country and, um, uh, of course, Amazon and, and August.com.
1: Very cool. Well, thank you, Jason. I really appreciate you being here. Yeah, my pleasure, Victor. Nice talking to you. Cool. I'm just going to go ahead and, and stop the recording there. Casper is a sleep brand that created one perfect mattress sold directly to consumers. Eliminating commission-driven inflated prices, its award-winning sleep surface was developed in-house, has a sleek design, and is delivered in a small, how-did-they-do-that-sized box. In addition to the mattress, Casper also delivers an adaptive pillow and soft, breathable sheets. And its quality. An in-house team of engineers spent thousands of hours developing the Casper, and it combines springy latex and supportive memory foams for a sleep surface that's got just the right sink and just the right bounce and its breathable design keeps you cool and helps you regulate your temperature throughout the night mattresses are expensive you know if you go to a mattress place they're ridiculous and they cost over 1500 bucks but casper mattresses cost 500 for a twin sized mattress or 600 for a twin xl 750 for a full 850 for a queen and 950 for a king and when you go to a mattress shop it's it's ridiculous right you go in they have a ton of mattresses all around and you're in your clothes and you try and lie down on a mattress in the shop for a few minutes and figure out if it's going to be comfortable or not and it stinks buying a casper mattress is risk-free they offer free delivery and free returns with a 100-night in-home trial, and so you go ahead and get it, you sleep on it for 90 nights, 100 nights, and if you don't like it, they'll pick it back up and refund you everything. They understand the importance of sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially considering that you're going to spend a third of your life sleeping on it. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015, and right now it's the most awarded mattress of the decade, and they have free shipping and returns in U.S. and Canada. You can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash insider and using insider as the code. This is going to be a great night's sleep. Now to the rest of our show, Mikey, Mikey Campbell, editor at appleinsider.com is joining us to talk about the latest in rumors. Yep. Not much this week. Not much. Well, last time we talked about a MacBook Pro with the idea of having an OLED touch bar across where the function keys go. Indeed. Dude. What's developed on that rumor since that time? Well, quite fortuitously, a, uh, supposed
0: chassis or, um, the, uh, the subframe with the, uh, you know, the, 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 big aluminum part on the top, the keyboard. You mean cover. the top case? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which Apple calls the unibody chassis since it attaches everything to it. Yes. Um, so that supposedly leaked a, uh, 13 inch version, um, that, has space at the top for, you guessed it, an OLED touch bar. So basically it's the QWERTY keyboard cutouts, right? Mm-hmm. For those keys. And instead of the function key row, it's just a, uh, it's just blank aluminum with a slot on one side. And then on the right side, it has uh what looks like a, like a little indention where you could put a, a inden- indentation. It's where a could,
1: recess for a connector, isn't yeah, it?
0: Perhaps a connector. Although I was uh, looking at it, um, the other day and uh, kind of comparing it with Ming-Chi's note about Touch ID. And I was thinking that maybe that little bit of extra depth is going to be home for a Mac version of Touch ID.
1: Well, if you look at your current keyboard and you look at this image, which is on our website at appleinsider.com, that space is the space just north of the delete key, which,
2: which is, is traditionally is where the
1: power buttons is located. Button, yes. and, and so... The question is, place. what do you do with power? What logical. do you do with, with Touch ID? Exactly. Right? Yeah. Logical place to put it. So uh, if they do incorporate it,
0: Touch ID that is, I would guess that they would um, make it part of the OLED bar uh, since that seems like the most uh, space efficient way to design Something like that. And I don't. I don't think they would have it. Kind of like you know the uh, the old uh, ThinkPad. Oh, the little bar right, that you know. swipe your fingerprint yeah, across, kind yeah, of thing. The scanner. I don't think they would do something like that. Um, so integrating it into the uh, OLED bar would be the way to go. I think. I mean, it could it could just be um, that it's not going to be a standalone at all, right? So what I'm saying is they would integrate it as part of the OLED touch bar. So it right. won't be like its own separate thing which would be cool. Yeah. And also uh the, it, I mean the the chassis didn't really show too much. I mean, it's kind of difficult to glean anything from laptop leaks. <laughs> so uh it it did
1: however. It showed a few things, right? Let's let's cover the ports here, right? Yeah, it had,
0: it had uh, four ports so that were shaped like um USB-C style uh or shaped for USB-C style plugs. And that also lines up with the uh, with Quo's note that um, Apple's going to implement USB-C and Thunderbolt 3. So there are no Thunderbolt ports, or Thunderbolt 2 ports. There are no Thunderbolt-shaped
1: ports as we usually understand them. So it could suggest that, indeed, Thunderbolt 3 will be included. Okay. The headphone jack moved to the right side. Yeah. Where is the MagSafe connector on this thing? There is none. So... Whoa. So
0: that means that Apple's going to probably go USB-C all the way and use the uh, the 3.1 to uh, power it. Which I don't know if I I don't know if I like that or not.
1: Well, you'll just end up going with the uh, you know the third-party Griffin magnetic adapter for USB-C. Mm-hmm. Well, aside
0: from the fact that uh, MagSafe is gone or will be gone, supposedly from
1: this laptop if this laptop gets made.
0: Yeah, it. It also eats up a port. I don't, I usually use my laptop plugged in. So that means I'll be using it with one port occupied at all times. For power. Not, no bueno. Well,
1: use one of the many hubs. I could, but I don't want to buy a hub.
0: Get, Get a dock station. I don't want a dock. I just want the computer as it has been for the past, I don't know how many decades. I get it. They're trying to slim things down and make it you know, small and do away with ports altogether. But I do like having the option to expand whenever I want to without buying something else or attaching something to my computer.
1: Right. But, but Mikey, let's be clear. If this laptop gets made, you're going to buy one, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. Look, I'm just saying that this is what I would like, but I will also buy it. Okay. Now what, what, should our listeners look out for as this rumor develops what what should they be paying attention to what's beneficial to them here um well we won't really know until
0: uh they start uh, the logic boards and all that the good stuff starts leaking out um i would look for the macbook style battery cells could give us a clue as to uh what kind of life this thing is going to
1: provide um you, you mean the battery cells that are layered that fill every Mm -hmm. inch every ounce of space occupiable inside the case
0: yeah it's interesting though because this uh this chassis image looks like apple didn't really slim down on the current you know as far as um making it thinner it's not
1: really height of the case is still the same it looks like it uh i know you know looking at this i would say that it is slimmer because look at around the headphone port the yeah, but you gotta, space, you got to remember, well, I'm looking at my 15-inch uh, right now. and I'm, I'm looking at my 15-inch as well, and the amount of space above and below the headphone port on mine is significantly more than the one in this picture. I don't really see that difference. It's, the, the headphone port is pretty much right up against the bottom and top of the case. And yeah, on mine, I've got why? a good two millimeters on either side of it. Really? Yeah. Hold on. I can get out my calipers and measure this if you like. Sorry. i've got some calipers around here yeah mine i don't know yeah measure it mm, i guess it's just a- it's about a millimeter and a half on either side of the headphone port top and bottom to the edge of the case just uh, looking at there and and on this picture from from uh, our, our site it doesn't appear to be one
0: much much slimmer so a millimeter slimmer
1: uh yeah looking like a half mil on each side
0: well it would be good if they don't Bow out the bottom. You know how they uh,
1: have the, the yeah the the bottom tends to yeah. uh, so it would come in at, at if, an angle to to make it deeper yeah. in the center so of the if, laptop. If they do away with that, then it would be
0: much slimmer. Although I don't see any exhaust ports. Do you? No.
1: the exhaust ports traditionally on these laptops are in the screen hinge? Yeah, no. Uh, for the intake, I mean the uh, intake on the that's on the
0: uh, MacBook is you know the gills on the uh, sides.
1: Oh, there they are, yes. There are six on this 15-inch. Yeah. So they're integrated with the top um, case. I don't see that here, although it's not really a clear picture. Oh, or they can be integrated in the bottom now. Could be. Or they might do away with it But You just together, don't know. But yeah, this this picture isn't really good at showing us that because this picture doesn't show us the bottom side view of what this What I'm worried about is uh,
0: thermal efficiency. And it, once you go slim like this, it's really hard to manage thermals. If you want to, you know, put a decently speedy processor in there,
1: and Apple historically has had problems with thermal management and has historically had to overcome those problems. I mean by you know, we can go back and name on the, the twelve-inch yeah, the and... or uh, or or the original white MacBooks yeah. that had issues with with too much thermal paste, but you know, they, they inevitably overcome these problems. Well, it's not so much the, it's not, I mean, this is two different issues. It's,
0: thermal paste is a production issue. This, they could run right, into Right, but the
1: 12-inch Macbook, the 12-inch PowerBook didn't have the thermal paste issue. It just had a heat management issue. Right, but that was a by lot design. thicker. So how are they going to compensate for this? And still had that problem.
0: I don't know. I, I I fear that they're going to use a highly efficient processor, which is is fine. But on a pro model, I don't know if it's a compromise or not.
1: Well, at this time, there's so much we don't accurately know. We don't know if this is a real model. We don't know Mm -hmm. if this what what range of the model, what what label within the product range this product would even have. So we keep calling it a MacBook Pro just because it looks similar to one. But it's uncertain
0: to be the thing. I mean, this is the assumption that we're taking right now, which is what we're discussing. I don't know if it is or not. Uh, It looks. I mean, it could really be anything, considering the knockoffs that are coming out. Um, I guess, uh, it does the, the one giveaway, I guess, or not giveaway, but supporting it is the, um, the mouse, uh, the, the trackpad, which looks like it was uh, similar to Apple's, uh, infrastructure, you know,
1: it, it's got cutouts that look like they belong with the force touch yeah, for the force touch bit. stuff. So it looks similar to that.
0: Although, I mean, who knows? It could be could be an Asus, for all we know. We just don't
1: know. Let's talk about Apple displays. What about them? Apple hasn't issued a display in a long time. Do do you have an Apple display? Do you have a Thunderbolt display? Nope.
0: The last Apple display I bought was a Cinema display for my... It's been a while. G5, I believe. Wow.
1: It's been a long time. It's been a long time since there's been a recent display. And it's kind of an embarrassment to the Apple lineup that that the display has lay fallow for so long because everything else has updated to retina displays, except the MacBook air and the Thunderbolt Mm -hmm. display. Right. Right. So the rumor is that Apple's going to make a Thunderbolt display and that it's going to be five K indeed. Like the iMac five K. So, because you said it's like the iMac, does it make sense that this is possible? Is oh, yeah. this something they could just grab the same panel and shoehorn it in and call it a day? Yeah, well, I mean,
0: no, they can't just do that. They're going to need something to drive it, which is why the rumor the rumor is that they're going to integrate mm. a GPU into it. So, say you could uh, theoretically connect your, I don't know, 2013 MacBook Air and be fine driving the 5K. Your good old 12-inch MacBook yeah. So I mean that's the that's the theory, and it's been floated around by a lot of different sources. I, I think you mentioned one from Twitter. We both saw that a couple of days ago.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, why why is this even plausible? Uh, you know, is it because that Thunderbolt can export uh, support external graphics cards? Well, yes, or... I mean, the, ever since the Thunderbolt
0: display was uh, announced, uh, people were just kind of speculating that Apple would. Uh, follow it up with a GPU model or one that would have GPU in it because they specifically mentioned that fact that, uh, uh, Thunderbolt does support external GPUs and just people just kind of put two and two together and said, Oh, well, one day the Thunderbolt display is going to, going to have this really rocking GPU inside and it'll be outrageous pixel densities. And that just hasn't just hasn't happened, but the rumor just won't die.
1: Yeah. So this past week, a fellow by the name of Stephen Foskett on Twitter tweeted at uh, at John Gruber and said, What if Apple put the graphics card in the monitor? It would work with most all Thunderbolt Macs and wouldn't require two cables. And this is this is how rumors start, right? Sometimes we get rumors from analysts like Ming Chi Kuo. Sometimes we get information from let's just call them sources, people who we know or or have reason to trust who have information on the matter. And sometimes they're just speculation. Mm-hmm. That's not, not unreasonable speculation, but speculation, right? So so what happened after Foskett tweeted this and then Gruber said that he'd place money betting on it and uh, you know, it it, it sort of became a well, thing. it just gained momentum, mainstream media, of
0: course, and you know, it's a it's kind of a. I mean, the the display itself has a following, right? People like the look of the display.
1: You no, know, matches right? the other
0: products. Except it's uh, shorter than the than the iMac, right?
1: <laughs> well, the iMac <laughs> yeah. has a. Well, chip.
0: remember the the whole thing about why why Apple didn't make the stand a bit taller so it would be in line, so people could run an iMac and the display at the same time. But it looks weird mm-hmm. because it's like just a. Not an inch shorter, I think.
1: Anyway. Well, you get one of those 12 South products and stack it on it to make it fit.
0: Yeah. You put a drive underneath or something. But but uh, yeah, I mean, it just caught, gained traction with the tech community and then, I don't know, just kind of escalated from there.
1: Right. So then, then citing unnamed sources, like we just said, iMore reported that a Thunderbolt connected monitor with a 5K display is not happening at the keynote or any time in the immediate mm-hmm. future. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. What do you think are the chances that they're going to release it? I mean, it's been so long. They might I feel like they maybe didn't abandon it that product, but they just it's not something that they need to market.
1: well, so here's here's the thing I was discussing with Shane a couple of weeks back, right? I, I wanted a new Mac mini, and Shane told me I was nuts to expect one that there never will be one. that Apple's plan is that you buy a laptop and use a display and Apple has sold the uh, the Sharp LED monitor which is uh, discontinued. Right, so they'll pick a different monitor to buy in that's not the Sharp one and uh, and use that. Now, it's interesting just because Sharp's business got bought by Foxconn, I believe, and Foxconn has a great working relationship with Apple for products like, well, your iPhone. So it's entirely possible that down the road there could be a a Foxconn made product for Apple that's based on the Sharp. Oh, stuff. remember that Apple. That's me starting a rumor. Don't take Apple it seriously.
0: Also, was actually an investor in Sharp in their um uh God what anyway in their latest uh, LED facility their plant mm. they were said to be a quiet a silent investor in that so um that that plant was feeding um portable display a portable device displays so but was also churning out tvs when sharp was still making them so apple already had an interest in in sharp uh for a few years um and we didn't see we didn't see a display come out during that time so i don't know how how much stock i'd put in uh seeing one from Foxconn.
1: Sure. It's, it's not necessarily possible, but the, the notion is that Apple will just at least pick another supplier to sell monitors, whether they pick up, you know, some, some future Foxconn product, or they just source another monitor that's existing and quality enough.
0: Yeah. It's, it's been their thing to just take the raw display and, add their own uh controller and stuff on it and just uh, maybe a few additions
1: right but they can resell someone else's just as easily at this point especially if they're focused on selling more phones selling more ipads and selling more laptops
0: it's weird because they're streamlining their lineup while at the same time
1: bloating it out with relatively similar models like a right the lineup is elastic at this point you know they're they're shrinking it in some ways while growing it weirdly in others i don't know um I don't, I don't, it, I, displays were never their thing. I mean, they've,
0: they've always had good displays, but they were priced out of the market for a lot of, uh, you know,
1: just casual consumers. They had, well, they, they existed for the design so that the display could match. I uh, remember
0: product. the, uh, the calibrated displays that they used to sell with the, um, the early Macs as an option. No. Which I think ones? they were maybe Sony displays. I don't remember, but they were, uh, you, it, this was the day when How far back they were you not thinking? flat panels. This is like, a, this is like the big.
1: What, what, what year are like you thinking? In maybe the nineties. Okay, so Stone Age, you could buy a Sony that was calibrated to match a a pre G three Power Mac. Yeah. None of that stuff matters. Well, I mean, they have. Uh, let's let's. If you're gonna bring up dead history, bring up the Power Mac G three with the giant, uh, Trinitron tube monitor dressed in in blueberry and white frosted plastic that That's matched stuff. right or or bring up the cinema display that was a four by three ratio flat panel that matched the uh the the mystic and the 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 graphite power max that was a nice display right nice display. with the pinstripes in That's the display nice. i have that one. yeah or or even after that, there was the uh, the the white frosted one with the ADC yeah. connector, oh, God. and then Ugh. yeah, and and then then you get to the aluminum ones with the ADC connector, and then f- the DVI connector, and then finally, finally, mm-hmm. finally, Thunderbolt, yeah. right? And in each one of those cases, for the past I want to say about fifteen or sixteen years, you're getting a display that is a nominally good display, okay display, but the point of it is that it matches your computer,
0: yeah. But do they need to do that when you already have? A, they've been pushing their laptops like nobody's business. Do you even hear them mention that? Precisely.
1: Though? So, if you have the laptop, do you even need to buy a display right. that matches Although your laptop? Although
0: some people do, not many anymore. I've, I, that, I mean, with the with these high resolution displays that they the recent displays that they're using now, uh, there are few scenarios in which I would be tempted to have a second display. I, Everything on here fits on my, on my desktop
1: right now. I don't, Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessitate. So, so the only people that are making the display display for is the Mac mini and the power Mac or I mean, and they haven't made a new one of those either or imaging professionals, of course, but those guys go make, buy better displays anyhow.
0: So I am not really sure if, uh, I don't, they never broke out the numbers, so we don't know exactly how popular these displays were or are. I guess we uh, can kind of tell since they haven't.
1: Have they even updated their? Because they haven't broken out the numbers, therefore. Yeah, have
0: they even? Yeah. Well, that and it's also, that have they even updated their informational webpage for the uh, display in like the past two years? I don't
1: think they have. Yeah, but I would. So that's that's yeah. the summary. But I would like to see one Thunderbolt see. displays not happening at WWDC. Yeah,
0: I, I don't think. I don't know. I don't think that would be the time to announce it either if they were to announce it. Well, They've
1: waited this long. The developers conference has always been a weird place to announce hardware mm-hmm. anyway. Oh, w- but displays, yeah. come on. I would I would uh,
0: expect them to if anything announce it as an accessory to the MacBook Pro or the MacBook, more uh more more likely a uh, accessory to the MacBook, right? And yeah. It just has
1: I care about iPhones. Do you care Do- about iPhones?
0: Do you love your iPhone? Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but it's uh A big part of my life.
1: Why don't you love your iPhone, Mikey? Does it not love you back? (sighs) Siri doesn't love me. Siri totally loves you. She's an ice queen. You neglect her. So, Apple is moving, this is a rumor, to a three year major iPhone cycle. Mm. Don't know if I agree with that. Okay. First of all, tell me what it means. Uh, Okay.
0: So, an analyst, well, the Nikkei speculated that they're moving to a 3 year revamp cycle which would mean that every 3 years instead of now you get the uh, the iPhone 6 instead and the an iPhone 6s and then you get a redesign after 2 years.
1: Right so so iPhone 6 is the introduction of a design 6s is refinement and then you get a new one. So in 3
0: years it would just uh, as as uh, you might expect be spread out
1: over 3 years so it would be a 6 so you get intro refinement refinement and then new one
0: yes so their reasoning is that the the supposed seven, which we don't know if it's going to be called seven or if the uh, case leaks are even valid but if mm-hmm. they are, it is not uh, in any way a uh, major redesign over the six or 6s It has a it has a little a tweaked antenna pattern and um potentially a dual yeah camera. but that's a more of a functional change the the seven itself is not supposed to be is supposed to have only one shooter so mm. it would look very similar to the 6s um, so no design change which suggests that it would be a three-year cycle for this for the uh,
1: six series body which is what that's, that's also based on the idea that the 2017 iPhone is supposed to make the switch to OLED and have a edge to edge display and a curved display and new vibration motors capable of complex patterns and and all all kinds of stuff, right? I'm a
0: bit. Why don't you believe because I don't think that coming off a year where iPhone sales contracted for the first time year over year, and right. I'm dubious that Apple is going to make such a drastic shift in their, in their strategy after, I mean, you mean
1: why draw it out Yeah, and because keep sales flat right, for longer? People are, despite,
0: I mean, people are drawn to looks, right? It's, it's unavoidable that people are going to be more interested in a redesigned iPhone than they are one that gets 3d touch and uh, a faster touch ID. Mind. An increased
1: RAM is harder to sell yeah. than You
0: can't say this You've is got new. The new. You're going to have word. to explain why this is new rather than saying, yes, obviously this is new. It's a totally different looking phone. It's self-explanatory. It's a different phone. It's new. Hmm. So I don't know that they would lengthen that time period between, um, tick You know, I
1: don't. Right. But here's the problem is that it, it takes nine months to a year for, for product no, development or more. Than that. Or more. And, so by the time you you look at that kind of decision, it's pretty much already been made by what the product cycles look like, right? You know, you're you're already that far down the road on product development. You can't suddenly say, "Oh my goodness, sales are flat. We need to change something drastically now." You you kind of have to go with what you've already been developing.
0: Which is interesting, though, uh, to consider that um, I don't know if you remember in the Samsung trial, uh, they uh, one of the pieces of uh, evidence was. A bunch of pictures of prototype iPhone mock-ups, and these were obviously done uh, you know, at least a couple of years before the original iPhone launched in 2007, right? So some of those models look very similar to, say, the iPhone 4 sandwich, and even the iPhone 5 with the chamfered edges. And I, some could argue that the six is also based on one of these uh, prototypes, just a highly modified version of it. So Apple might not be, uh, they're obviously, you know, testing and developing models in Johnny Ives' lab. But from what it, it looks like, it looks like they have been using these prototypes as a, as a jumping off point that were developed maybe in 2005 or 2006. So. It's not like we. It's not. I
1: don't know. It's just interesting to consider that. Yeah, but they've had seven years to keep cranking more right. of those out. I'm sure out. there's
0: thousands of variations by now. But it's interesting that they I haven't. They didn't that stop. They've, uh, <laughs> uh, a, a bit, that these 2005 or 2006 whatever models are the basis for what actually ships. So who knows? But what I think, as far as the uh, whatever they call the 2017 model, which If they do a redesign, I don't know if they're going to call it the 7S. It seems like that would be a mistake. Um, it seems to me that the Nikkei is kind of, is kind of, you know, grabbing onto this, um, notion a little too tightly. I think maybe Apple could be, uh, hurrying up production for the OLED model and bringing that up a year instead of, you know, waiting until 2018 to roll it out, say. So, instead of going to a 3-year model, they're actually truncating the the 2-year, which is for the iPhone 7. So they're they're shortening that um that life cycle and introducing the 2017 early. Mm-hmm. And then they could go back to like a 2-year, who knows. Or they could so release the, one every year, for, who knows. For, I don't know
1: for the US market this stuff is is almost becoming academic right it mattered a lot when we were on subsidized plans and two year contracts and you couldn't change phones until your contract was yeah. up but with with the various different upgrade options provided by the carriers where they you know they'll sometimes let you upgrade once a year or they'll let you upgrade as many times throughout the course of the year as you like or using things like the Apple upgrade plan where you can upgrade after a full year right you know if with with these kinds of options it almost doesn't matter because the cost of upgrading is is really nil to the consumer mm-hmm. yep right apple can shorten that up that that plan by that that cycle by a year as you suggest and i won't mind one bit of course they
0: are looking for switchers now so they're looking for switchers and they're
1: looking for upgraders so yeah i recently set up an iphone se and as i was going through the setup process one of the options present was, would you like to bring over your information from Android? And it guided you through the steps of getting the, uh, the, the app for Android to port your data over. Yeah. So, I mean, that combined with
0: the uh, financing strategy that they're rolling out, they rolled out last year, they're really making a push for, for growth and, and not relying just solely on the appeal of uh, a sexy sexy new enclosure or some uh, exotic technology. There, there, it's become more of a, it's become more of a brand strategy for them to just kind of lock people in even, even tighter into the iOS ecosystem, right? And I think the play in 2017 is going to be towards people that would otherwise uh, uh, that would otherwise get a galaxy, right? We got, what is galaxy's claim to fame?
1: Mm. Well, and as we were we were saying, you know, Google is taking a greater role in the design of the Nexus phone. They want to have a, a greater control and greater influence over yeah. what that thing's going to look like and feel like. Um, they're also getting a little bit tighter about how the uh, the the third parties that ship Android are, are doing on updates yeah. and going to be yeah. enforcing I mean, that a little better. That obviously needs to be
0: done. The it's just way too fragmented. But I don't know if they should be taking too much of a heavy hand to design. That's one of Android's strengths.
1: Well, for their Nexus, they yeah. can, because that's the one that they brand course, for themselves. Uh, I don't know.
0: I, I don't like Google's design language at all. Do you?
1: Not a big fan of the material I mean, design fine, apps on your iPhone? It's just,
0: it feels messy to me. It feels like skeuomorphism in
1: the early iOS, uh, iOS like three, uh, i uh i kind of have to disagree really? with that i'm not sure how google's apps and material design feel like morphism.
0: well it feels like along those lines it's not obviously the same thing it's not just all frills
1: I, i'm not seeing any felt pool table <laughs>
0: you're not here. seeing the uh
1: stitched corinthian leather i'm not seeing no i'm not seeing the rich there, corinthian
0: leather I, it has a uh, has animations that i feel are unnecessary it it's it, it's cool to have that you know, user feedback, but I think they could have implemented it in a different way. Anyway, I just not a fan, just not a fan. I'm also not a fan of Johnny wow. Ives, super Spartan uh, UI that he introduced with um, iOS eight or seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It's just too much. Don't you think? Not convinced. I mean, all of these things are are exploring new territory. And the first time you do it, you have to figure out what's right Except and wrong. they keep wrong and what doesn't away work. stuff. And well, they keep figuring out what works and what doesn't. I don't know what's they're figuring out what, what works.
0: Isn't. They're figuring out a lot of things that don't work. That too. I don't know. QA and um, that Apple software has gone down.
1: Well, it's not QA. It's it's adherence to the human interface guidelines. But if Ugh. you're going to go back to those, you're going to be uh, mighty lonely.
0: Yeah. they've uh, A lot of people have strayed
1: from the path. Yeah. So speaking of iPhone 7... We've talked before about the headphone adapter, the, the idea that there's not going to be a headphone mm-hmm. jack on the thing. And we published a report about a Chinese company that is marketing lightning Indeed. to headphone adapters.
0: Perhaps taking, uh, taking advantage and of the situation,
1: being a little... There look right? to be three models as I'm looking at them, and uh, one of them is just straight lightning to headphone with uh, volume up, down, and a play control in the middle. Uh, uh, they, they all have those controls. The other two models are different only in their color and that they're white and black, but they have what looks to be a female lightning port on them so that you can that charge be, while listening. Uh,
0: that would solve a lot of concerns that I have about deleting the 3.5 jack.
1: Yeah. Now, these obviously aren't available for purchase yet. They have no price listed. There's no way to buy them. But they are on a website. They they are there, and uh, we are contacting yep. them to try and see if we can get them. Of course, it would be useless
0: or next to useless for... Our phones, unless you really love your, um, unless you really love your lightning well, headset.
1: You say that, but it's not useless or next to useless. It's, it's, it could be considered redundant, but it's certainly not mm-hmm. useless. Uh, the, the thing that's worth noting when you start using lightning is that you've got a digital output and you can take advantage of putting in a better quality of digital audio. So you're converter. going to
0: have, let me get this straight. You're going to have, hmm. uh, I, oh, do these offer DACs? It doesn't say, right?
1: Well, they, they don't say, but you just know that if you're doing digital and you have to get to analog right. somehow, they but put a DAC do, in if
0: you but if you go this route with this specific Chinese product, they're, they've already taken care of that stage for you, right? Because it's going out to
1: 3.5? Yes, they've, they've included yeah. one.
0: So I guess, uh, would you buy one from, say, um, like
1: Would, would I buy I, one from this no, particular supplier? No, from
0: like a, a, a decent audio manufacturer that offered like a lightning uh, breakout and like a, some sort of 24 bit DAC or something.
1: If they're going to put in the Burr Brown DAC or they're going to put one of these other ones that is well-known and and, and good. Yes. Indeed. Well, you know, I've, I've been doing this here at home with the uh, the digital AV connector, right. And going digital AV to HDMI and then breaking out headphone. How long until we get
0: the mint app. The mint amp with uh, with tubes for
1: lightning. You know they offered that to Neil. I think <laughs> Oh, it's great. Neil was talking about his headphone collection, and they offered that, and he refused. Yeah, it.
0: look, nothing against vacuum tubes. I love I love their warm no, sounds. They're just, great. They're wonderful, but uh, I don't
1: need
0: I don't need to take it with me. Not...
1: Well, not necessarily. But the um, no, I've been using uh, mm. AfterMaster, which we saw at CES, and I actually had a, a I've got a prototype of it. Here, uh, the current version of AfterMaster has the headphone mm-hmm. port on it, and what they're doing is interesting. They've got a, they, they've got a DAC, they've got an amplifier, they've got a CPU in there, and instead of just um, adjusting EQ, for example, what they're doing is they're dynamically looking at the signal and fixing things like the uh, the loudness wars, for example. And they, they really do a wonderful job of, of making the audio listenable. It sounds so much better. It's incredible. And, and using that with the digital AV adapter and the headphones is wonderful. I'll stick to my home components. Well, using this with your home components is really awesome too. No, it, it is. I got to I gotta get a sample for you. Your mind will be blown.
0: I'm, I'm waiting for my mind to be blown.
1: Spew brain parts. Well, then everywhere. we'll have to arrange that. All over the furniture. Mikey, where can people find you on internet?
0: At Mikey Campbell eighty one and
1: on Apple Insider. This is Victor Marks and if Mikey Campbell gets a portable tube amplifier Mm. embedded in himself, next week we'll tell you all about it on the Apple Insider podcast.